Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Chagas Zapata, the Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. Today we discuss the article, What is the Purpose of Use or Lose Leave? by author Sergeant Major David Vowell. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Sergeant Major David Vowell. I'm a 15 Tango by trade, Black Hawk helicopter crew chief and mechanic. I've been in the Army for over 22 years and started my time from, from Iowa, joined right after I turned 18 and, you know, have served all over, you know, the globe in multiple different divisions and had the honor of, you know, most recently, like before this Army Major Academy coming from multiple different uh, first sergeant experiences from you know different type of units, whether it was maintenance units or or units that are are flight companies in nature as as we call them. But right now, serving as the support operations sergeant major in the 82nd Combat Aviation Brigade here at uh, Fort Bragg, soon to be Fort Liberty. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Sergeant Major, what inspired you to write this article? Basically, a, a lifelong goal of mine is to was was to to write. I want to be a writer when I, um, and I think everyone can be a writer, but I, I basically, through the Sarmator Academy process and, and actually able to put thoughts and words on paper, I have a list of all these kinds of ideas and, you know, pontifications, I guess, of things that we have problems with in the Army that on a daily basis that we kind of just shrug aside, right? That's not a big deal. It's just kind of how the way things are. And I like to challenge those types of things. And, um, it's my my significant other now. My uh, um, she's a a DA civilian, and I was talking about uh, that day in, in class. We were kind of talking about how it's just kind of accepted that senior leaders in the army lose leave. You know, it's just a general normal thing, and um, and I just thought that that was kind of you know crap, especially you know because we have so many soldiers that show up to our units and they're in the hole and they're in the hole because of Christmas exit or how, you know, the holiday exodus season, or they're in the hole because they had to go on emergency leave as soon as they arrived. And the commander's not going to you know deny that leave and emergency leave is still chargeable. So they show up with just a couple of days. And then when it comes to, you know, unit block leave or, you know, opportunity leave, these soldiers are not you know, they're not going to take the leave because they don't want to go in the hole more than what they already are. And so they basically don't get the same amount of time off as everyone else um, outside of an emergency setting. And I was basically just kind of talking about this out loud with, uh, with call it, you know, Ms. Miranda. And, uh, and she said to me just very plainly, well, why don't you just transfer it to them? And I, I said, what do you mean? Like, that's not a thing. And um, you can't just transfer your leave to other people. And she said, well, I can. I, I did it two weeks ago. You know, one of my colleagues had to go on emergency leave and and he didn't have any leave. And I just I gave him I gave him some time. Our supervisor gave him some time. And I, I and I just it just dumbfounded me, to be honest. I, you know, so I started looking things up on the OPM website and there's whole blown, you know, programs about it. And just I don't know. I talk about it with my peers now, like how many soldiers we have in the 82nd Combat Aviation Brigade that are in the hole right now. We have opportunity leave coming up in June because of our mission tempo has been pretty high. And we have a lot of these soldiers that are not going to take leave because they just don't have the leave to take. And so they're just going to kind of sit back on on their rear detachment. And so the inspiration came just from the, the amount of 
leave that gets lost every year by senior leaders combined with the number of soldiers that go in the hole every single year uh, before they arrive to their unit because of holiday exodus or because of their own emergency stake. And the fact that inside of the Army itself, through OPM uh, or through our, our Department of the Army civilians, there's already programs that exist to help them with their problem. And you know, I, th- I think that we should actually talk about this and, and kind of say, hey, you know, why aren't we doing this for our soldiers? The reason why the DA civilians are here, I mean, this is you know, probably not the best opinion, maybe I'm not sure, but without without the soldiers, there are no DA Army civilians, right? And so I think that we could should maybe share some of these programs or ad- modify or adapt them to, you know, help the soldier out. So there's really no need for anyone to go in the hole. Can you describe for us briefly the current Army leave policy and why it's coined as user lose? Yeah, sure. So the current policy is that you can accrue, you know, you earn two and a half days per month of a calendar year. And once, you know, and that, that begins the day that you, that you join the army and it is prorated by month. Uh, and you can hold up to 60 days before you start basically accruing uh, use or lose leave. And so, you know, that's 30 days per year and, you know, 60, so 60 days would be, you know, two years worth of leave. And, Use or lose basically means with the current with the current guide, guidelines is that you basically you say so you didn't take leave your first year so now you have thirty your second year you didn't take any leave so now you have sixty days and so that third year of accruing leave the very first month so your your twenty you know fifth month of earning leave you now have sixty two point five days of leave. So you have two and a half use or lose days. And so if the calendar was to end there, then by October 1st of that year, you would have to take two and a half days. But in reality, if you continue not taking leave for that whole calendar year, you're going to have another. If you don't take leave for three years in a row, you're going to have 30 days of use or lose leave. And so most, a lot, of, not, not most, but a lot of senior leaders, they just don't have time to take it because of mission you know, operations or uh, the op tempo. You know, you go on, you know, different deployments or different missions. You you wanted to go to JRTC or sorry, you wanted to go on leave and then you ended up going to JRTC instead. Like these types of things happen. And so you end up with these, you know, you might lose 15 days a year or 10 days. And then it just doesn't, uh, no matter how many times you read the regulation on on leave, it doesn't, it's six AR 600-8-10. It does not tell you you know, where that leave goes, you know, it just, it just goes away. And that's, I don't know if that answers the question or not, but it's, if you ask that question, where does my lost leave go? There's no one that can answer that because it just doesn't go anywhere. You know, it just, just disappears off of your leave and earning statement and that's it. And then you start over again on October 1st. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because in your article, you do talk about you know, people giving that away when they're going to lose it anyway or just, you know, want to be nice and donate it to the more or less to the junior, the junior population, um, as you talk about, would be very beneficial. Um, and I know that this probably only really affects the senior, the senior command type and the, uh, you know, the first sergeants, the commanders, stuff like that. But I've often been in units where those seniors don't take it, you know, and then you almost feel like, like you don't want to take it because you know the op tempo is so high and things are going on and then oh the commander's not taking it so like I probably shouldn't take it you know we got to 
you know, one team, one fight type thing. And then it just ends up being to where we have too much leave going on and nobody's actually taking it. Right. Yeah. That's with uh, command Sergeant major Lamborina from the, from the cavalry unit that that's why I wanted him to be here today to kind of uh, explain that story because there's just this situation of events that have happened, right? Like, you know, uh, second and third order effects where he does not feel right taking leave this year. He, you know, and that was the last he took leave over Christmas, but then from January to October, like he's not going to take any leave. He has a change of responsibility. There's a change of command. There was JRTC. Uh, the, the unit is actually deploying in, in July and he's not going with them. And so there's all these things that are happening that he just doesn't feel right, you know. Uh, and I hope I'm not messing up his story, but it's pretty close. But that's there's all these things. And and sure, when he PCSs in October, you know, he could, you know, he has plenty of leave to take 45 or 60 days, but he just does not have the time before then. And then really that leave, he's going to lose, I think he said 26 days. And, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. And there's a couple of different options that cost the Army money, you know, they that would make it right for the soldier sergeant major or whoever you know they could just pay him for those lost days i mean we earn two and a half days a month you know and we're only allowed to sell our leave once a year but or once in our career but you know that at the end of the year you could just get a paycheck for that lost leave and i actually don't agree with that i i think that uh you know it's we also get plenty of time off when it comes to four-day weekends and you know other things where you know I, i don't have you know, dissimilar to a an army a civilian professional, I I don't have to worry about paid sick time or, or those types of things. Like I, if I get put on quarters, I get put on quarters. I don't have to worry about it. You know, if I'm if I'm ill and I need to recover or convalescent leave from a soldier so or from a surgery. And so with that in mind, I don't I don't think paying us money for not taking our leave is is the right answer. Um, a lot of my peers will disagree with that, but I. Uh, I, I think that if we're going to even have a use or lose program at all, and I, I think we do need to have one because I, I, otherwise people will just never take leave and they'll end up having 180 days of, of leave or more before they retire. Uh, but if we're going to have it, then those, those, those days that have been paid for already with, with our work, right? Because we, we, we don't get the days that before. You don't get two and a half days per month on the first. You get them at the end of the month. Then they should go somewhere and – you know, however, however that works, you know. So uh, during your research, did you find out why there are – what the hurdles are to keeping something like this from happening for, for soldiers? Because it, it, to me, it, your article made so much sense. You know, I mean why shouldn't a soldier who's getting ready to lose a bunch of leave, why can't he transfer it over to somebody who doesn't have any? You know, it's uh, to me, it's, it just makes so much sense. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, DA civilian as well, and this program I think makes a lot of sense, and and we use it, we do it, use it all the time, and uh, we're able to donate our leave. So I, I just don't know why, uh, you know, the army doesn't do that for soldiers. So did you did you find out what the hurdles are? You know, I took and taken like a deep dive into this, and really, you know, trying to contact people at different levels. Um, the very first you know, uh, obstacle that I came across was basically people not even wanting to talk about it, right? Uh, they basically say, well, senior leaders need to set the example and they need to take leave. That's their solution. And, you know, and I even encountered that in my own brigade. I have, uh, there was one command sergeant major from uh, from the cavalry unit here that he wanted to participate in the podcast. 
um, today, but he's he just got a brand new commander, so they're out busy doing things. But um, at one out of five command sergeant majors agrees with me that this is a problem and everyone else says you know everyone just needs to get better at taking leave and or they say something along the lines of you know it's something that's never going to change it's always been that way and that's the kind of the mindset that that i want to change i i really dislike that that kind of thinking um but other than that i think that that was the real hurdle was that is that people just don't see a problem or maybe they don't uh want to go through the legwork to actually make it a program i'm hoping that through you know today's events and and the and the article that we can spawn the, the conversation i mean from your time um as a da civilian have you heard anybody else talk about this or or have any ideas on how to get it to the next level no not for soldiers it's just something that as you know as a as a as a army civilian professional we're we're you know it's just it's just something that that's there you know and we're aware of it but as far as soldiers i don't even i don't even think most soldiers just like in your in your your research that you did or your your survey um most soldiers don't even know that civilian army civilian professionals can see acps can have can you know donate their leave and i think it it leads to other bad things as well because i uh, um like and what I mean is specifically let's let's talk about when I say a senior, you know, we can say we'll just make the metric uh, retiring, okay? So that's a staff sergeant or higher, right? Um, there's a lot of folks that will, you know, they'll start they, they they want more time off than they're authorized, right? Because they're retiring in quotation marks, and even though they'll have the leave, and these like it's it's hard as a first sergeant trying to manage this this population because you want to help them out they've done their time they've earned their retirement but also like you got to process that that da form 31 and i've I've just seen it before i've been approached as a first parent where they didn't want to get charged leave they didn't want to lose their leave uh, or they wanted to, to try and file some kind of like extension paperwork so they could use their leave at a later time and they wouldn't lose it you know even though and things were kind of foggy the last couple of years with COVID and, you know, the different types of leaves that were, that were, you know, that you weren't going to lose. I think I still have leave that's uh, saved from 2019 from a deployment that I had like right before COVID-19 happened. And so it's, it's kind of foggy on, on what the, the, the user you know, or the leave regulation breaks it down. It makes it seem simple. But when you start asking questions like, you know, why, you know, why can't I give the leave to someone else? If I was to contact the proponent to the people that write that regulation, you know, I think that they're going to tell me, hey, you know, you just need to take your leave. And that doesn't solve the the problem of of the young soldiers that are going in the hole. And so that and I, I think I wrote that in, in the article, too, like that is the number one solution is is to just take your leave. But it's not going to happen. Um, it's. I, I have leave that I, I don't think I'm going to lose this year because I'm PCSing to um, Hawaii in August, but it's it's not about the like forecasting. Like everyone, no one wants to lose leave, but they do. And so in the event that you do, you know, you can take that, you know, put it into the, I don't know if you use that, the voluntary leave uh, bank program or, or if you just use the transfer program, but I kind of like the idea of both. But I the hurdles that you're talking about, it's it's just talking about it. That's I think how we solve any problems. I didn't. It's more convincing people that it is a, you know, senior leaders in the army that it is a problem that needs to get fixed. And I, I also think it's a like a no cost, 
solution doing this. You know, it doesn't really cost the army anything uh, in, 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 in terms of millions of dollars to, to incorporate something like this. I'm going to tie this back to what I was talking about in the beginning, the problems that it creates. Uh, a lot of times, if well, my, my real point was that when soldiers don't have time, first arms are plagued with that moral or ethical decision of, am I going to process this leave form or not? And, and I'm just being completely transparent about that. The right answer is always process the leave form, but someone with a heart is not going to want to process a leave form for someone that's taking emergency leave because they don't have the leave. They don't want them to go experience, you know, uh, taking care of a lost family member and then coming back and being, you know, 14 or 21 days in the hole. And so for Sarns, in my experience, will not process that leave and that puts them in a bad, in a bad area as well. Sorry, Major, first of all, who does this benefit the most, do you think, if this, if this system was implemented? I think it benefits young soldiers and like soldiers, the fir- first term soldiers, if I was going to be specific. Well, the greatest point that I pulled out of this personally was when you talked about um, being able to donate or or even offer your leave to be donated to like AER, for instance, that could be given out to soldiers in in a time of crisis, you know, especially the newer soldiers when they don't have any leave because most soldiers don't even – they they join the Army, they don't don't even have any leave to take, and then they got to take a 20-day leave or whatever for some some crazy emergency that happens back home, unfortunately – and they don't have the time to take it. That's, and then, or they will take it, you know, and yeah. and that just kind of sets them up for failure for the next couple of years of their life, really. Right. So, if you could, Sergeant Major, do you have a story like that of a, of a new soldier coming in, and something like that happens, and th- th- this program really could have helped? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's there was a she's no longer in the army, but when this was, I was a first sergeant uh, at Fort Bliss in First Armored Division back in 2019. We came back from Afghanistan in November, and basically, you know, there was a, a soldier that come back. He, uh, there was a soldier that was arrived back to, or that came to the unit and that didn't deploy with us, but had came, you know, right right before we deployed, but didn't end up making it on the deployment. And she was just one of those ones that had had a situation that new to the unit. But she basically was a first term soldier, but had just pcs to four bliss right and had you know most people when they pcs they're going to take 30 days right that's just kind of the standard going rate and she had basically used up all for leave and so she was brand new to the unit and then immediately had to leave on on emergency leave and so we granted the leave and this is this ties back to my my conundrum or my dilemma right as should i process the leave or shouldn't i process the leave like what's the right thing to do because she didn't do anything wrong. She did not not the one that that caused this family crisis that caused her to be the only one in her family that could take care of it. And who who are we to decide who the right person is to go home to take care of a of a lost family member, right? And so, you know, ultimately, as as the first sergeant, I had use or lose that at that time, and I would have gladly given it to her. And what I did instead was I processed the leave form like I'm supposed to, and you know, she ended up going, you know. Uh, she was a specialist at the time, but, you know, she ended up going 21 days in the hole that, you know, when everyone else was gone, right, uh, she basically had to, everyone was coming back from like a post-deployment leave or I can't remember the, the exact specifics of it. There was no one there uh, because everyone was gone and she was sitting there basically going in the hole 
because she had just PCS to Fort Bliss. And then when she, even when she came back, because we were all gone, uh, you know, she was still dealing with that personal situation by herself without like kind of a support structure uh, to, to rely upon. And like I said, she's, she's no longer in the army anymore. She's, she's doing well. Uh, she's moved on from that, that family crisis. But I think that if you were to talk to, just do a survey and, you know, of any, of any company of moderate size or any company, really, that everyone has a story of a, of a, uh, of a soldier that had to go in the hole because of a leave issue. Makes a lot of sense to me. I think your whole idea, you know, of, of pooling it, of, of donating leave, I think is a great idea. It's already being done by the army, you know, by ACP. So uh, I think it would only make the army better to incorporate such a program. I, I think also it's important when you're when examining this a little deeper too that you look at the uh, how it's possible for some to actually abuse this. Yeah, I think I think abuse is the best word for that too. That's exactly what I was thinking about when I mentioned the transfer program and like maybe the battalion commander was the one that would approve the transfer because like it's I could see a world just just thinking about it and brainstorming where you know a bunch of people would get together. You know, you, if you what what would happen if if you got a hundred people together from your battalion and everybody you know gave one day? Not that everyone has one day of use or lose, but you know what I mean. Like if somebody was to collect a in a you know a crazy amount of leave, and then they're submitting that you know hundred and twenty day leave form. You know, and you know, and that's abuse is the perfect word for that. I've got a um, I don't know if it's playing devil's advocate or not, but uh, well, say say you have your. your We'll use you as an example, Sergeant Major. You're you're, you're senior leader. You have 20, 20 uh, days in the books that where you're that you're going to either use that you need to use or lose, right? It's it's August. Uh, you you had every intention throughout the year to 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 use your your leave, but you're not able to. Now it's August, uh, or say you know September, beginning of September. You have another month, and then in October October first, that leave is gone. Correct. That's right. So. Say we do – there's such a program as this where you donate it to something, to, to a pool, whether it's at the battalion, company, whatever. Uh, wouldn't that leave st- still disappear on October 1st? Uh, that, that's that's kind of one of my things. I'm, I'm thinking there's still there's, – there's, there would be challenges to this to where, you know, if still keeping it out there, uh, even though you would have lost it on o- October 1st, uh, you know, how, how is it get kept in the books for others to use – uh, so again, you know the challenges yeah. and things that 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 are that need that that uh, that focus groups that, group that you're talking about a discussion amongst people that can that can uh, do something or at least come up with solutions. Right, uh, and I mean this is also there is an army regulation for leave, but it's also a, a Department of Defense program, right? So every every you know, branch of service has its own way of going about it, but it's all through my pay and through DFAS, right? Uh, this voluntary leave bank program, it's different. You know, me, when I'm doing the research on it through the U.S. Office of Personnel Management, it really is based on every organization and how they want to do it. And so that just means some sort of decoupling from DFAS, right? I mean, right now, as a soldier, I can go on to DFAS, and I can change an allotment for I can add money to go to this bank account and I can add, uh, you know, I can change how much money I'm putting into my TSP. Then I can I can do a lot of things on DFAS. Maybe that's as simple as that, where, the, you know, if you want to put your your leave into the unit program, you log on to DFAS 
and you punch in the information for your battalion or your brigade leave program, or maybe it's by post, right? By, you know, if you want to, if, you know, AER ultimately, you know, reports to a higher hierarchy as well. If, if we wanted to make it at the level of AER and allow them to be the deciding authority, just like they are for when soldiers go to get, you know, the up to, you know, I think it's $2,000 now, uh, used to be $1,000 of the soldier could go and, and get money from AER, you know, if I could just go on to my pay, make a couple of clicks. I mean, in less, in less than in five minutes, I can change which account number my paycheck is going to. Why couldn't I do the same thing for leave? You know, however that looks on the technical side, uh, I guess my ideas are more the, on the, you know, the blue sky approach to how it's managed. But if I wanted to, if I leave, if I was overcharged leave, if I, especially now with IPSA, right. Uh, and maybe maybe IPSA is the right answer instead of my pay, but those are two systems that are in use right now. I when I wanted, I don't even turn in any paperwork to go on leave right now. I just go, you know, into IPSA. I fill out a, an absence request that goes to my approving authority. They approve it, and I go on leave. I don't even call anyone or do anything to sign out on leave. Every every unit's making their own process for that. So I guess if we were going to go to the this like the voluntary leave bank program. I would I would vote for managing it. The soldiers can manage it in my pay where they basically elect yes or no, donate my use or lose on October 1st to this organization, you know, to this, you know, coded organization. And if we did a, a voluntary leave transfer program, that's an action inside of IPSA that I go into IPSA, I complete the form. And if, you know, through IPSA's, you know, maybe the battalion commander is the one that approves that, 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 um, that transaction. And then I, I can take, you know, Sergeant Cox, you know, needs five days or Sergeant Cox needs 20 days and, and all the first sergeants get together and everybody has, has enough. And they just automatically transfer that five days, you know, to Sergeant Cox and IPSA or, you know, re request a transfer, if that makes sense. I think that, that with IPSA growing into being, you know, what what the army's trying IPSA to be, and my pay, which is already a great a great system, I th I think those we are, we're adding on to systems that are already there. Thank you, Sergeant Major, for joining us, and thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal podcast.